It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. WIP HD1 Philadelphia from the DC King Studios. This is Go Birds Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP, a radio.com sports station. Hello, everybody. What a gorgeous Saturday afternoon to bring you some Go Birds Radio. I am John Barchard, along with uh, Moshe Kravitz, uh, producing the fine program. 215-592-9494. Thank you, new voice guy. How does that sound? My goodness, does that sound crisp. I think that's it. Moshe, isn't that the guy from ESPN that used to do the ESPN commercials? I am so sure we have snagged him for Radio.com. And if that's true, I'm ecstatic. Do you remember that? You know what I'm talking about? I don't know what you're okay. talking about. I don't you, know who the new voice you'll, is. You'll know this, and this is this is. Uh, I'm sorry, this is going to be free advertising, but it's the guy that always Sports Center brought to you by Gillette. That dude. You remember what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. yeah okay. I think that's that guy. Uh, somebody tell me in this station if that's true or not, and I will gladly promote the right person. But two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four is how you get in, and you know that once and for all is coming on Monday. And if you're not sure what once and for all is, there's everybody in this station every single day is going to debate a huge topic that has been on our minds for, I don't know, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, and we're finally going to settle it. Monday, it's going to be electric because you know just as well as I do, the moment that we say Donovan McNabb, everything changes and everybody's got an opinion on that. And I'm actually so, so glad that we don't have to talk about Donovan McNabb anymore after Monday, you know, I know that's ready to go. But today, let's get some miniature ones in here. Stuff that we need to just get out of the way and solve before the weekend. Because honestly, I do need answers. And I'm very confused on a lot of things. Including, including our our general manager here in Philadelphia with the Eagles. Someone that we sometimes is good and sometimes is not. It's a very divisive topic here. And I just want to know... At the end of this show, is Howie Roseman a good general manager or not? Because we have been fighting about this ever since he's come into Philadelphia, right? 215-592-9494 is how you get in. But overall, and I'm looking at Howie Roseman's body of work from 2013. 
on. That's when I say he was a general manager and it was him, it's his decisions, the final call, hiring Chip Kelly, all the way to where we are now at drafting a quarterback in the second round and everybody's freaking out about it. So over the course of seven years is where I'm judging this. But if you're judging it from elsewhere, let me know because maybe I'm missing something. 215-592-9494. And I do believe, Moshe Kravitz, that yes, Howie Roseman is a good general manager, and he always has been. It doesn't mean that I don't want to choke him sometimes and go, what are you doing? And this doesn't make sense, but I was all on board for hiring Chip Kelly. All of us were, and if you are saying otherwise, you're lying to yourself. You got. I was on the Gus bus. You got, well, I mean, we were all on the Gus bus <laughs> because we thought the Chip Kelly you know, plane had flew out to, where was he going, Cleveland, I think at that point? Yeah, Cleveland, and then they hired... Uh, Chidzinski, and if you don't remember that name exactly, it's the Cleveland Browns, and they suck at hiring literally everything and everyone. Uh, you know, I, I was on board for that. And I got to be honest with you, if Chip Kelly never happens, they don't win a Super Bowl because you don't get Doug Peterson. You don't understand how crazy it is to give a head coach personnel control two years into the thing after having a couple of magic tricks and losing your draft choices from Andy Reid and seeing that, like, oh, all these players are really great, and they finally have a system and whether to utilize them and maybe don't let Chip Kelly, you know, send you out of there. But as much as that was a mistake, that's probably the best thing that helped Howie Roseman, and I don't really necessarily have always bought into the fact that he just went away into the broom closet and then flew around the world and just learned how to be good a good general manager. No, no. Howie Roseman is calculated. He's cunning. You have to be if you are a general manager in pro sports. You have to be. So this whole thing about, man, Howie just doesn't get along with people in the building, and there was that, you know, uh, my ego's better than the, the room kind of rumors going around, which I probably buy into too, but that still doesn't tell me you know, anything about whether the decisions he's made, whether it's ego from other people, et cetera, he has gotten this franchise to compete year in and year out, and we're sitting here again, divided on a line, and I'm sure the Eagles are still going to make the playoffs, and it might just not how we want them to go about doing so. But every time that we have asked Howie Roseman to change, do something, this isn't working, he does it, we question it, then he has success, then we get on board, and then we dump him back off. So what is it? Is Howie Roseman a good general manager or not? 215-592-9494. Moshe Kravitz, and I know that everyone has this offseason in mind, and that's fair. That is fair because I'm sure that's going to come up at some point during this conversation. But for you, is Howie Roseman a good general manager or not? Simple simple yes or no, and, and, and that's what we're looking for today. I'm going to go ahead and say yes. I and what granted, makes you say I yes? I am incredibly torn on this. I remember a couple years ago before Joe Douglas left for the Jets, I said it does I said to you guys, you and Elliot and uh and and James, does Howie's insane ability with the salary cap, I mean, outside of what we're up against next year. Oh yeah. Uh but I mean <laughs> wizard at creating space, restructuring contracts, doing all sorts of things, does that outweigh his uh his lack of ability when it comes to player evaluation and does Joe Douglas's ability with that which is questionable as well sure. but 
a little bit more of a well, so track I, I don't even know if it's uh, – that's the thing. Like, this is how we all just jump on and believe that Frank Reich was the mastermind behind 2017, right? Because it wasn't the guys that were here before, and clearly it couldn't have been Howie Roseman who put this team together because he's an idiot, and so on and so on and so on. So I think it, Joe Douglas is in that same conversation. I really don't know how great he is, but he was great before he got here, supposedly – and then got here, and then we have a lot of different questions, and Absolutely. then you look at what he's doing with the Jets, and overall, is it good? Absolutely. And you can see fingerprints all over from Joe Douglas, but I still have questions on who did what, who was where, and did Joe Douglas draft for the Philadelphia Eagles, or did he draft to find a job for, for the next general manager so spot? When it comes down to it, I think Howie's work on the salary cap is better than probably anybody else in football, for one. Yeah. And then while he's not necessarily fantastic at player evaluation, he brings in a Joe Douglas. He surrounds himself with guys who can help him. He might not always make the right final call. He'll not he won't always pull the trigger on the trades the fans want, but when he does make a trade or sign a player, it's for a good deal. The trade is good value. And for that, I say he is a good GM. 215-592-9494. That's why I kind of think he's more or less on the uptick heading back into this season as well, because I know that there are a lot of people that are sitting here going, all right, if this doesn't work out, we have to seriously start questioning how great of a general manager that he really is. But unfortunately, if you want that wish, he's not getting fired next year. At least I don't think so. I don't, And I don't believe he really deserves to be fired if this thing doesn't really work out in this offseason. And strictly because, whether we like it or not, you have got to wait and see if this Hurts thing is going to work out or not. And not in just one year because you got to see the value of where it's going to be. We've discussed college football at length over the last couple of weeks. We have discussed quarterback needy teams a little bit, and we'll touch on some of those today as well, 205-592-9494. But I think Howie has adjusted his ways to keep this franchise going, and I also think that Jeffrey Lurie has had a large hand in doing a lot of this stuff too. So I know it's not only him, the good and the bad of what's coming out, but I think Howie Roseman's done overall a phenomenal job just in general to get these guys to eventually where they need to go. 2016, I mean, we started to question things like, you know, we were in favor of Dennis Kelly uh, being traded for uh, Doral uh, Beckham Jr. And if you don't remember those two guys, it's a good thing because – uh, they lost the trade a long time ago. Dennis Kelly still, I think, just got paid by the Tennessee Titans to be a swing tackle for them. And uh, that was the last time, I think, that the, the DGB set foot on a football field other than maybe the Arizona Cardinals or something like that. I can't remember. But uh, those are not big risks that fall apart in the end. And think about this. Carson Wentz, humongous risk, right? I was one of those people, the moment that Carson Wentz got drafted, flipping out saying, how on earth can you dump all of these picks, go up and get Carson Wentz when you already have Sam Bradford here and you've got a, you're paying Chase Daniel. You're like, what are you doing? You're spending so much money going to do all these things. This kid isn't ready. You're going to make him start for a year. What a waste of time. All this other different stuff. And then opportunity knocks. Sam Bradford's gone. Carson Wentz is here. The franchise has completely turned itself around in less than a year because they went and won the Super Bowl the next year. Those are impressive stats. 
That, to me, is impressive. And I don't think what happened with Chip Kelly wasn't as a disaster as we make it out to be, because it really wasn't. It helped in the end. It helped how he get his job back. It helped flip the team around. I think he knew what it was doing even then. If Jeffrey Lurie said, we've got to take a back seat here, we've got to make Chip fail on his own, and if he does, you're right back in your seat, we'll just see what happens. You will always be around here. There wasn't a discussion like Howie Roseman was ever going to leave this franchise, right? Unless I have that wrong. Am I misremembering? I, mean, I don't believe that discussion Jeff ever Lurie happened. did not want to lose him, obviously, but I think it was more of a, Howie, I made a mistake, not a, hey, Howie, sit down for a sec. I want to try something. I don't think so, man. I, I think there is you're in a rock and a hard place, right? You're coming off of you just went to the playoffs. You completely revitalized a roster we all thought was dead coming off the dream team. You might have found Nick Foles as your franchise quarterback. Let's just hold on here. Maybe he knows what he's doing. They didn't like Deshaun Jackson that much then anyway. You know, like it's all – I feel like they made Chip Kelly the poster child and thank God that they did because he was not ready. (laughs) He was not ready. You don't think Howie Roseman knew that? And turned everything around. And we saw already what it is like to bring somebody completely new. And I don't think Chip Kelly is a good factor. And I'm not saying that a general manager couldn't come in here and do a, a, a similar job. But you're already seeing how if a brand new guy comes into this building, and I'm, I, I am looking at Joe Douglas, and I'm not even saying that – clearly you and I know that Howie has been really bad at personnel you know, evaluation, an old-school GM, one of those guys that looks at film over and over again. Hell, there's a lot of you know, Twitter uh, NFL draft people that I follow over and over again that do a lot of the same thing. It's a waste of time. Like That, that part of it, it uh, I feel we're still stuck on the football guy thing from a long time ago, and, and that's changed too, and you see it. In this draft, you're seeing it with the Ravens. You're seeing it with the 49ers. The, the Eagles were ahead in the analytics department in 2017. That's a big reason why they won. Who is driving that? Howie Roseman. You know, it wasn't like Doug Peterson woke up and be like, you know what, we need analytics. I don't think Doug Peterson's waking up and saying that, you know. But to tell him, hey, man, guess what? Be more aggressive on fourth down and we're cool with it. How much does that open up your playbook? Hey, man, we're going to bring in another quarterback for you to play with. He can be a running back. Maybe he can be a wide receiver. Maybe he's your future quarterback. Maybe we get you a couple extra draft picks next year when the Colts come knocking after they realize that Phillip Rivers, isn't that great? The season's shortened and we can move on from that too or get you a thousand other different things. What do you need? And I don't think Howie Roseman has necessarily disappointed when it's at. Now he's held on for too long. Good Lord. You know, he has held on way too long these past two years but that's what I think he's correcting. So overall, I do believe as much as it sometimes pains me to say and, and, and think into this thing, I, I think Howie Roseman is a good, great general manager overall. I think he's one of the top guys in the league, and I think that our perspective on him is incredibly warped. Doesn't mean we can't criticize him because I think I called him Rasputin at one point during his career. 2014 fifth. I was so pissed that Chip Kelly left. I thought my world was ending. But just like we've realized over time, Howie's usually right. Howie is usually right in in most circumstances. 215-592-9494. We got a Ryan in Levittown to kick us off. Ryan, what's going on, bud? You're on uh, with GoBirds Radio. Yeah, what's up, guys? Uh, I just <laughs> just had to turn on the radio and heard the conversation. Like, I just feel like Howie is. I can't believe the Philadelphia sports base sometimes. Like, 
we just literally won the Super Bowl a few years back. Yeah. After waiting, whatever, 50 years for it. People are already questioning the guy, and it's insane. And I think a lot of that stems from the Carson Wentz kind of, like, infatuation. And I was on the other side of the fence when they drafted Carson. I wanted them to move up and get a quarterback. Mm-hmm. But the guy, if you look at his winning percentage, uh, including his rookie season. You're talking like, about your, uh, Howie or Wentz? Carson. Oh, Carson, yes. Uh-huh. It's not that good. It's like a little bit over 500. Uh, he averages about nine wins a year. And so the quarterback position is the most important position in sports. I don't think that's even debatable, right? So, like, they're in a position now where they potentially have two guys, and the one guy they're not even paying. So let's just wait and see what happens over the next four years. We could ha- we could be potentially in the best situation and having the you know as far as quarterbacks go in the yeah. league, and that that transfers into Super Bowls. Like that just happened with Nick Foles, right? We had the best backup in the league, and we won the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. I I can't believe how people forget that easily that we literally just went through this. So like instead of paying Nick Foles ten million dollars a year. They invested a second-round pick. If either way you look at it, it's an asset, right? I, I mean, it's big time. Yeah. The, and, 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 my, and Ryan, let me jump in here real quick because I understand that point probably more than anybody. Like, I, I understand the value of the QB. I'm, I'm totally on board with all that. But uh, this is the other thing I don't really understand because it seems like since the offseason, since the Hurts pick, people are starting to lose faith in Carson Wentz. I don't know if it's the projection of all this stuff. That, that has happened during this offseason, but I, I, I'm, I'm with you there. But I, it is, it's weird to me that now people think Carson Wentz can't handle this after he just showed us that he can. No, I think that, look, you, don't, you shouldn't really, in, in, in the NFL, you shouldn't really pay people for what they have done. You should pay people for what they can do. The Eagles believe well, that. Right, they've already, that's what I'm saying. They've already paid Wentz, though, right? They've already paid him. They've already paid him. I know, and that's the point. They paid him based on what he's going to do over the next five years, not what he has done. So, like, they believe in him. I believe in him. But he's got to prove it on the field. I think he can. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's no reason why you shouldn't have insurance. Like, so if you if they have a $100 million athlete, all they did was take out an insurance policy for him. What's so wrong with that? Yeah, and I'm I, Ryan, I'm right there with you. I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, you can't even get an argument out of for me. I've been, I've been on that for a long time. But I do feel... And even in your hardest of hearts here, that that has affected, you know, Carson Wentz and the outlook, I guess, for him this offseason, too. That is something that is definitely happening. Like, it was all just washed away. That's why I really still believe that everybody's just scared that Carson isn't the guy. And it's okay to feel that way. It's fine to feel that way, whether it's you think it's talent or whatever. And that's what Howie's addressing, you know, uh, and... We got to start coming around to that a, a, a little bit too. I'm sure they f- feel the same exact way. Why? Because dollars talk. This is this is a whole part of it. And you hear uh, his right hand man in, in Jake Rosenberg, who is one of their best cap a- experts, saying they don't go into things not knowing what's happening in 2022, 23, 24. That's what they're planning for right now. You know, we think of things as we should be in year to year to year. And the cap following the cap is boring as hell. Good Lord. Like, I don't know how the -the over-the-cap guys do it, but that's why I love them. I can't – I try to stay away from math. That's why we went into sports in the first place, you know? And and that's what 
I think is is on our minds all the time because we don't see all of that. We barely pay attention to it. We just want to make sure that there's enough money to go get, you know, uh, Yannick Ningoku. <laughs> and after that, we're good. And then we, why isn't DeAndre Hopkins here and stuff like that? Which is fair to question too. But overall, I really do believe that Howie Roseman is a great general manager. Not just a good one, not a bad one. I do believe that Howie Roseman is a great general manager. 215-592-9494. We'll talk to Len and Mand. We had a little bit of breaking news, semi-breaking news related to the NFC East right before we came on. What is going on with NFL players and criminal charges? We'll tell you all about it when we get back. 215-592-9494. It's Go Birds Radio. I'm John Barchard. This is Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is Go Birds Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. I seriously can't get over the new voice guy. It sounds so good. Thank you, Spike Eskin. 215-592-9494. It is Go Birds Radio. It's all happening right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. 215-592-9494. As I said, um, <laughs> oh my gosh, DeAndre Baker got accused of robbery over, what, uh, the weekend or, or just uh, sometime this week. Quentin Dunbar, who uh, all uh, of, I guess, Washington was celebrating at, <laughs> at one point and is laughing at Seattle now. Uh, yeah, I mean, and they were, I, I don't know if there's been any updates on that, but at one point they were not, uh, turning themselves in. I think they have at this point. Uh, yes, DeAndre, now I'm looking at DeAndre Baker have, uh, and there's somebody new to add to the list in the NFC East. I'll tell you who that is in just a second. 215-592-9494. We go to Len in Spring Garden. Len, what's going on, buddy? You're on Go Birds Radio. Len, how you doing? First time I've spoken to you. Oh, I appreciate um, it, Len. Thanks, man. Listen, you know, when the Eagles made that draft, I was really upset. I mean, I figured we have so many more needs. But you know what? Now that I think about it, and I agree with you, you're one of the ones that on the radio haven't torn Eagles apart about this. I, I did. The mo- just, just to be fair, Len, I ripped them to shreds the moment it, the pick happened for like 24 hours. So I, I, I'm not, yeah, but, but I appreciate it. Thank you. But you, but you figured it out. Or at least I think we did. did. <laughs> he got him the cheapest backup quarterback that he can get. Yeah, I and I don't think right. that's he's happened. Gonna get... play for the rook... He's going to play for the rookie minimum. Yeah, well, I mean, for for a second-round draft pick, which is still not cheap. It's a, it's a million bucks a year. And, yeah, and, but but, not, but comparatively not, to the market, yes. $10 million Correct. like we've been paying for a backup. Right, and the thing that – and, 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 and Len, you got to be prepared for this too – He's not going to be the backup in year one. At least that I, I, I'm, I'm to that point now where I just don't really see that happening again. Anything can change, but in terms of what we're dealing with, you know, just in general in life, and then also well, training camp, you know, learning all these, you know, what I'm assuming, new wrinkles his, to the playbook. This kid's value, yeah, is going to go way up next year. Yeah, this is not a great quarterback class next year, supposedly. And those things change all the time, Len. And, I, and uh, thank you so much for calling in for the first time. 215-592-9494. Cause that's, I just want to touch on that, too. You know how many quarterback-needy teams forget if college football happens or not? You know, regardless. And even if it does, how many seniors do we have going in or juniors going into their senior year? No doubt about it. This guy is it. And then Joe Burrow just comes out of nowhere. And then Carson Wentz just comes out of nowhere. You know? And... 
I don't believe here, – here, 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 just just so you know that I know that Howie is full of that stuff a lot of the time, especially when he talks about long-term futures. He doesn't bet right all the time. I, that's one of the reasons why I crushed him for Carson Wentz because I go, you idiot. You have got Deshaun Watson coming out next year. Just be bad and get the quarterback that you know is going to be great. I was all in on that kid. All in on him. Patrick Mahomes was kind of hanging out there. You didn't really know much about him at that time. You know, he had a big arm, but, you know, maybe a, a spoiler in this thing. And then he has the year that he has. There is no way that Howie Roseman thought that Carson Wentz was going to be better than Deshaun, Deshaun Watson and, you know, everybody else that Joe Burr, all these things. So I don't really buy into that stuff. But, I mean, you had to do what you had to do at that point, and you all agreed with it. And so did I, kind of. It was all about the process of, Getting that, getting that guy and getting that quarterback, and then all of a sudden, you know, uh, we end up with Carson, and it ends up being the best decision because it ultimately is what won in the Super Bowl. So how can I really argue with it? I don't know. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. But like I said, there is. I mean, the the Colts will come calling. You know, uh, there are so many teams that have questions in the air. The Chicago Bears uh, and that whole experiment where Ryan Pace gets fired and the new GM comes in. Who knows what kind – I mean, that's something to think about. The Patriots situation is way up in the air. Uh, the Carolina Panthers, I would say, for the most part, are still up in the air because it's still Teddy Bridgewater. It's still all that. And then you've got all the bad teams that think they have good quarterbacks and end up stinking or whatever, and then they need options too. Hell, the Dallas Cowboys might need options. We don't know, but we know there's more than one team that needs a quarterback next year. So I, I think that's very, very possible – that this thing gets turned around a lot faster than we all kind of buy into as we go into uh, Jacory and say hi to him again down in Florida. Jacory, what's going on, man? You're on Go Birds Radio. I'm going on, Mr. Barchett. What's going on? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. I hope you're enjoying the uh, that sunshine down there. Man, I am. I am. And I just want to say thank you, man. Uh, with not only doing Go Birds Radio, but doing a podcast with uh, Elliot and Seltzer, man. Yeah. I'm on the uh, last leg. I'm doing my, uh, <laughs> my math. My math exam right now. And I'm taking a little break. Oh, good man. How is it? How is it going? Is it? You feel like are you at the la- last hump? Um, no. It's it's my um. I got one more semester to go. Oh, okay, but I'm good. My last exam. Yes, you know, for the for this. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I want I want you to take a break and then uh, as much <laughs> as you can after that one. Keep fighting it though. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. No problem. But um, let me get back to this uh, Carson Wentz thing. Yeah, uh, this Jalen Hurst pick thing. I like it because. We can run like, you know, a wildcat set with Jalen Hurst just to give the defense something to think about, too. Um, you know, I like them bringing in Khalil Tate because he used to play quarterback, <laughs> so we can run a system with that. <laughs> oh, I, but, I, I don't know if it's going to go that far, man. But, but I, I mean, taking, taking as many shots on this, let's see if we can have multiple passers on the field thing, I'm, I'm always down for. You want it? Let's do something crazy. More, yeah. And one more thing, too. Okay. I, 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 got, a, I got a theory. Okay. What if we do this? Say if we say if college football doesn't happen, but that means high school football won't happen, right? Uh, more can, than likely, yeah, you're right. What if we can bring back Josh McCown on the roster, but don't dress him on game day? He's just there <laughs> on the sideline. Coach, you saying game. coach him? Bring him in like, as a coach? Like, because like, you can't tell me he was a viable part. Of that stretch going 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 like going to the playoffs last year, like besides that playoff game, I think he was like valuable because 
he helped the development of Carson Wentz on down that stretch. Yeah, I and, mean, and that's more. And and there's a lot of and Jacory, great call, man. And I hope you uh, you know get through that math class because I we've all been there before for sure. But I I understand where you know I and and maybe Moshe, let me ask you this too because I, I I don't really you know know where this season is is going to end up going. Uh, oh man, I totally lost my thought here too. Uh, but you know when Jacory is bringing up all these other different situations of what could happen. Uh, what is what is the best outcome for you this offseason? Like in into this, with all the factors that are that are in here, COVID's in here. You know, where where what is what is the best outcome for you this season, realistically in your mind? As in, like the the NFL. Season. Are we going to have an answer to to the hurt saga? To you know, Wentz doing it? Oh, that's what I was going to bring up. I'm sorry. So so he he mentioned you know uh, McCown and all that. And I, I think that there is a definite shift in mentality from Carson Wentz being that killer elite type of guy. I'm going to go get this thing done. It seemed like McCown always was just pumping him up a little more in the, as the, the worse the situation got. Uh, I, I think it's important that he does come back in some role. I didn't think about high school not being there, so that kind of opens the door a little more. Here, I'll tell you a little secret. I know there's an offer in to Josh McCown right now to come back. I know that's I know that's there. It's hanging out, and they are going to see how this thing pans out, and the NFL season pans out. I do think he's going to come back eventually. I think he should because he knows the system. And again, you're you're risking injury and you're risking all those different things. But um, yeah, I think McCown is 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 been phenomenal for Carson Wentz. Does that seem palatable to you? Yeah, it all depends if his leg will you know is ready or not. Not that he would actually play. Ideally, he never would set foot on the field in a game but I don't think the NFL would PA would let them have him on the active the 53 man roster yeah yeah no I don't think that's gonna happen actually healthy at all but 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 if his role is you got to be a backup and then I want you to teach these wide receivers QBs everything you know (laughs) you know to help out in that process and we need you to take care of that and that's how you get prepared that's his job that's his job as a backup and it probably means that you end up trading Nate Sudfeld for a little something yeah of course because he stinks because he's not good, you know, and I, and well, this whole thing. Have literally no clue. Uh, the funny thing is everybody just says, I don't listen to Elliot Shore Parks. You've listened to Elliot say he's like the next coming, you know. You guys bought into that. I saw him in Stunt Indiana. Held. I knew it was coming, uh, even though um, I, there would have been one point where I might have suggested maybe he starts over Nick Foles in the, you know, in the in the wild card against the Atlanta Falcons. I, I'm not going to, you know, say, say uh, <laughs> anything otherwise, but I, I guess overall, and this is, the, the the big picture here, right? We 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 keep getting into uh, you know all these little fractions of things that are going on, but no matter what happens from this off season or from what has happened the past two off seasons, it never feels like the birds are out of contention from the playoffs or getting to that point. Even when we're feeling like this is another retooling, rebuilding type of year, or we'll see how it goes because we don't feel confident that Justin Jefferson isn't here. And oh no, there's not Denzel Mims and all this other different stuff. But you know, you take a lot of those things out of the equation, and the Eagles are still on a, a path every three years to basically either be in contention of where they're supposed to be or adjust from you know something that they didn't think about and learn from that and hopefully make it better like i i have no problem from 2013 until now with the job that howie roseman has done i think there's some stuff that has set them back i still have a million questions on why nick Foles wasn't traded at any time other than feelings being hurt you know like 
there's a lot of opportunities where I think he could have turned this around even faster than what they're doing. But it doesn't mean, I mean, did we not witness after the Super Bowl them go back to the playoffs again? It wasn't a a quote-unquote deep run, but I don't know what a deep run is anymore. If you win one playoff game and go to the division around, it seems like, all right, that was okay for what you started out with and to get you there. And they tried to do it again, like a third time. We killed Andy Reid so many times. I can't tell you how many people called this station, which you can, by the way, 215-592-9494, and say... Andy Reid has is the definition of insanity because he does the same things over and over and over and over again. So why would you want Howie Roseman to do the same thing? Why? Why? In every instance that they have turned, he's been basically right about this needs to go this way. And you take your shots and you're never going to be perfect. as a, Never, ever in your life going to be perfect as a general manager. Something that, you know, we hold everybody to including coaches if it's not perfect you're not doing a great job if you didn't win the title you're not doing a great job and i get that mentality because that should never be let up you want to make sure the team you love spend money on root for are are a big part of all of that you want to drive that into uh you know consistency every single year and make sure that you always have an eye for what's going on now, but especially, you know, down the road. That's why they've been successful, because they've never letting themselves get way too deep, you know? And even me, overreacting after the Hurts pick and, and looking at franchises like the Rams and how long it took them to get back out of all of that Super Bowl stardom. I mean, just mistake after mistake after mistake going on and firing your coaches and doing all these weird, dumb things. You know, we see it happen all the time. The Eagles have won the Super Bowl. Most of those teams fade away. Look at the Falcons. Look at what's going on. I mean, like, even look at the Rams. There's people questioning what they're doing because they have no assets. They have no money. They're trying to get out of wherever they're going to, and they bet on Jared Goff. Whoops. That seems like a pretty big mistake to me right now. And we don't know if Sean McVay is worth the the all-time salt of the earth. What I mean, like, Doug Peterson kicks the crap out of him every time. That is the NFL's golden child, and Howie Roseman's pick, whether it was you know supposed to be Doug or not, is punching him in the mouth every single year with two different quarterbacks every single year. 215-592-9494 as we go to Casey on the cell. Casey, what's going on, man? You're on Go Birds Radio. John, my friend, how are you? Oh, my goodness. It's the wonderful, beautiful Casey Young. How What's going on, buddy? How are you? Not much. Enjoying the gorgeous day out. Not too hot. Not too humid. <laughs> you've, you've got some ice in the in the underpants, maybe to just uh, keep everything cool, light and cool here. I got crushed, not cubed. Nothing, <laughs> nothing too fancy. That's that's totally fair. What um, <laughs> fe- feelings on Harry Roseman being a good general manager or a great general manager in his since 2013? Because I want to try and solve this a little bit today. So. Has he won a Super Bowl for us? Yes, correct. One bing, he's, yes. He, that we can check that off. Yes, he has. Super, he's a great Super Bowl winning GM. <laughs> and the, yeah. the rest of it is just gravy at this point. And you, you would have so many fans say, "I'll take 15 years of being six and ten, as, as long as we have a Super Bowl championship." Yeah, it doesn't seem like Tampa it. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Saying that they did wish they didn't have their uh, uh, 2002 championship, 
for this mediocrity that they're suffering from afterwards. Yeah, actually, Casey, it's a pretty good take. It's not worth it. It's not worth just one. Like, you need to have one and be able to be sustainable for another at all times. <laughs> you know, it's not because it's not fun. You're right. I We always debated that forever. Just if I if we could just be the Rams. Oh, oh. and we're learning that that sucks, too. <laughs> and now post-Super Bowl. Great point. Yeah. And to the point that I wanted to get at um, is what could be the possible upside of Jalen Hurt, this, like the overall selection of Jalen Hurt? In terms of just like now, pre- just like that, the whole thing? Yeah. Oh, well, it's a, it's a great question, Case. It's a great question. And uh, I hope that... You know, the crushed, you might need to switch to cubed at some point because it is going to be pretty hot out there. But uh, I will answer that, my friend, when we get back. And I, and I, I can't, you know, leave you without telling you, uh, as I mentioned before, between DeAndre Baker, <laughs> between, you know, uh, former Washington, I, what, right? Plays in Seattle now, right? Yeah. So he, they got busted. And now, now, <laughs> just before one o'clock, uh, Washington's wide receiver, uh, former Giant, Cody Latimer was arrested this morning and booked on the following charges. Assault in the second degree, menacing, illegal discharge of a firearm, prohibited use of a weapon and reckless endangerment per the Douglas County Sheriff, and he's being held on $25,000 bail. This coming from ESPN's Field Yates. The NFC East, who's next? That's my question. My goodness. 215-592-9494. What is the major outlook with Hertz and the best outcome of it? We'll get into that as well. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. It's Go Birds Radio right here. Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is Go Birds Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. I don't practice it is Go Birds Radio. That one's for Casey right there, right? I'm saying this is kind of like the, uh, I'm making it to him, you know? It's like the ultimate summer song. It's also, unfortunately, the last time you're going to hear it on Go Birds Radio because it should be banned from my ears, Motion Kravitz. I just kind of assumed <laughs> you were a Sublime fan. I don't know why I missed on that one. What no, a whiff. There, there's, there's, not, there's nothing wrong with Sublime. There's nothing wrong with that song. It's not anyone. It's not the band's fault. It's not anybody else's fault. It's just been it's been in my head for 15 years, and it just can never get out of there, you know? Uh, gotcha. And now it's back in there for another 15 years. I keep trying to restart the clock, and Moshe Kravitz is ruining my summer. 215-592. I do what I can to help out. 94-94. <laughs> Casey Young was asking him, what, what is the ultimate, you know, thing with Hertz here? Honestly, and this is going to sound weird, uh, but to him being the next franchise quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles, right? Isn't that the best outcome? Uh, that's one of them. Or two, and more importantly, this is what I hope happens, is that he's just so damn valuable after seeing him this season and he got the flashes. And, like, if anybody remembers how hot everybody got for Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, the same thing's going to happen, except it's uh, at a higher floor. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw that out there, too. Don't think that the San Francisco 49ers want to make a change. They already tried to ask for Tom Brady. Okay, that's one season. If they have that Super Bowl hangover, in which I believe is coming, and the heat is going to be turned up to be like, oh my God, John Lynch, you have all these phenomenal players. Please go get a quarterback. Well, there's this 22-year-old guy that's going to make you a million dollars over the next you know, course of whatever, and you can go crazy in free agency now because you've drafted so well. Doesn't that sound more interesting than re-upping on Jimmy Garoppolo? 
Just throwing it out there. 215-592-9494. But yes, overall, that's my point, y'all. We're sitting here yelling back and forth about it. And Howie Roseman is sitting back, cracking a corn cob pipe, I'm assuming, uh, and just saying, I got this. I know you're mad. I got this. You know, the mo- moment it happened, all of this stuff happened, you know, grab onto the boat. It's going to be a rocky one. All that. He knows what's going on all the time. And we're, we're the ones that have to play catch up most of the time. 215-592-9494. It is Mike in Philly. What's going on, Mike? How are you? Good, sir. Uh, what's uh, what's what's on your mind with uh, Hertz and the Eagles stuff right now? All right, Hertz. The best thing is, I think I think his best case scenario is, of course, do a BDN or become get traded and get some draft picks. I don't, I don't think he could be the starter, but I think he could come in and win a game. And I take I take it back from last year. The game was winnable when Carson once went down, and we do need a backup. Come in and win us a game. Oh I think yeah, that's very important. Yeah, no, I, so, so do I. But I just mean in terms of not year one, Mike. I mean, if he ends up staying around, right, and they they implement him in the offense, and then two three years down the road, he ends up being better than Carson Wentz. That's a win too, isn't it? At the end of the day, if you found somebody yeah, better win. than Carson I, I, Wentz, right? I, I have I really have no problem with the pick. Uh, I mean, how we he's a GM, so he's going. He's going to try to do what he's going to do. Yeah. So I really have no problem with the pick. So what overall, yeah. overall, Mike, if you had to say, is Howie Roseman a great general manager or is he just okay? What would you say? I would say, I would say he's better than okay. I wouldn't call him great. I would say he's good. I don't give Howie all the credit on the Super Bowl year that everyone else does. Like I don't believe. I mean, Howie signed the guys. I mean, saying he did sign the guys, but I think he didn't. I mean, I don't know. I, I think the players just came in and did it. And, I think Nick Foles did it in the Super Bowl, but that, <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think it was much of Howie at all. Well, I, 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 uh, real quick though, Mike. I mean, let's not. Uh-huh. I, I don't. I think this is something we've forgotten along the way because the moment that Chip got fired and moved on, we are all miserable and rightfully so. Do you remember that NFC champion or the divisional game? Uh, you know, the Cowboys, Green Bay Packers were all sitting there going, man, there is no way that this team is going to be able to catch up with the Dallas Cowboys. You remember that, right? And then they did uh, in one year. In one year they did it. Uh, no, I can't say. I remember, <laughs> I, I, I remember all those conversations, so maybe I'm wrong. But I blame, I blame, I blame Jeffrey Lurie. I blame Jeffrey Lurie with, with, with the Chip Kelly finesco. But, I mean, he fixed it. Then again, he got rid of me. You know what I mean? But I blame Jeffrey Lurie for that. I don't know why Jeffrey Lurie fell in love with Chip Kelly. So, but, so, I, so in that case, then, like, then why, why don't you think Howie's great in that sense? Oh, say it one more time. In that case, why do I? Yeah, like why do you just think he's okay then? You know, because like, you're making a lot of points and saying he's pretty great. I, I, if, I just think how he did okay moves. I don't, I, don't, I don't look at him as a great GM. Like I don't. Who's the players that he drafted? and He developed and are all stars. Nobody. Right, because they ended Carson up winning. Wentz. Well, they were not all star in my mind. He's like, not he's an all star. I mean, Mike. I mean, come on, man. What are we saying? Carson Wentz mind. isn't that good now? In my mind, Carson Wentz is not an all star. But I'm not. I'm not trying to. I mean, he's 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 an eagle, and I, okay, I'm okay with him being an eagle. <laughs> sure, sure. In my mind, he's not an all star getting hurt in the playoff game. Come on, man. Well, I mean, it's not. I mean, you can't control injuries, man. I mean, that's this. That's not a skill. Injuries aren't skills. But like, yeah, but I mean, being available is a skill, and he's not available. But before I before, before yeah, I cut me off, yeah, go ahead, Mike. I think the Eagles are basically in the same situation they are when he won the Super Bowl. I think they're a pass rusher away from being dominant. I think they need that spark. I don't know if it's Clowney. I don't know who it is. 
Wait, and so this- yeah, yeah. I, I, and I'm Mike. I'm with you. But you're telling me they're one passer, one pass rusher away after a very and controversial offseason. Yeah, for this defense to be dominant, in my mind, gotcha. Yeah, I, I, I think this defense could be dominant. Like this defense line, I think they could be dominant this year. Uh, a good I, pass rusher. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Mike, I absolutely agree with that. That's why I'm in favor of doing like the Everson Griffin thing, and I appreciate the call, Mike. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Yeah, that is something that we know is is sitting out there, and we're screaming at go get Clowney, go get uh, Ningoku, go get all these guys, and you know, I mean, some of this stuff is catching up to them. That's why there was a lot of mistakes that were made. They're there. Obviously, we've been yelling about them for two years, but they changed the process. They moved on from what they were doing. It's the same thing that they did, you know, uh, to to adjust to their new quarterback, which they they just got with a handful still of, and still here, by the way. Jason Kelsey is still here, which we'll get into with Elliot Shore Parks here at 2 o'clock when we talk to uh, him about all this stuff, too. But, I mean, you know, you made the tough decisions. Malcolm Jenkins isn't here now. If Jason Peters doesn't come back, which I'll be shocked if that happens, by the way, completely shocked if that happens, uh, then, you know, then he really has changed because you, you, you make, you know, all the different excuses for Malcolm, but like Jason is the guy that I've always thought ruled the land. If he wants to come back, it's an open invitation because of the Jeffrey Laurie relationship. So maybe it's more or less that Laurie's putting his foot down this time and saying, like, no, we can't do it this way. You know, he is set up and he is making sure now that Carson Wentz has as much voice as possible in that locker room, even though I think that's a really silly term to say. You know, he's been in that locker room enough for sure. Uh, he's brought in help on the defense. He's making sure that Jim Schwartz gets what he needs. And maybe we don't like that either because we're not big fans of Jim Schwartz. So overall, I believe that Howie Roseman has been a great general manager since he's gotten here. And I'm really confused as to why we think he's the worst thing on earth or like has to be on the hot seat every other offseason or on and on and on here. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that he has set up and we have already judged him on and there hasn't been a snap of football. If you want to argue process, absolutely. But I feel like we've done that enough, you know, throughout this whole time. The results on the field are still of a really great general manager in tough situations, which I'm sure we don't give enough credit for. Absolutely. Because we demand a lot of things. And after the Super Bowl, we demanded that they try and go win immediately with the same team. And they tried to and they couldn't. And now it's time to move on from that. They have set this team up now for the next run. I think Howie Roseman has done a great job overall since 2013 of getting this team eventually of where it needs to go. And now there's no questions on who's in charge and who is not, which was one of their biggest problems. 215-592-9494. When we come back, does Elliot Shore Parks believe that Howie Roseman is a great general manager overall? We'll talk about it. 215-592-9494. It's Go Birds Radio. It's all happening right here. Sports Radio 94 WIP. WIP HD1 Philadelphia from the DC King Studios. This is Go Birds Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP, a radio.com sports station.
got the LA Show Parks. Oh, yeah, everybody. Well, you know, when Spice Girls comes on, uh, it means two things. One, we're going to dance a little. Two, LA Show Parks, 94WIP.com slash Go Birds. The beat writer you need. Maybe not the beat writer you want, but we love his voice, uh, uh, you know, blessing us with the airwaves. Every chance that he can get. Also, you can hear us debate a lot of things on the Go Birds podcast at GoBirdsPod on the Twitter.com. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Ellie Shore Parks. What's going on, buddy? How are you? Man, it's a beautiful day outside. The Spice Girls were on. I get to talk to you, so uh, life is good. I was going to say, I was like, have you tried uh, an attempt at the old haircut? Maybe on the, I don't know if you got rocking a deck at the house or, or whatever it is, to do a little, maybe a little sun tanning, a little uh, hair trimming, something like that today? No, no, I can't I can't risk it, but I'm, I'm, letting, <laughs> it, I'm letting it grow out. I'm okay, letting it grow good. Out a bit, but certainly not risking. Uh, there's a lot of great stuff uh, that Ellie has been writing about. He's preparing for like quite a big week for the once and for all stuff. I know he's going to be busy. Not as busy as Joe Gillio on Friday defending Gabe Kapler for 16 hours, but I kind of got inspired by that today, Elliot, and it's something that I think is is not going to be solved by any uh, given time here, and people have their different you know designations on when Howie was making decisions and when he wasn't, but I think overall, Howie Roseman is a great general manager. He will continue to be. I know that people are upset about the offseason, and I think that's valid, but I, I don't know. He's done a lot of different things, and, and overall, they're usually the correct ones. So I think he is a great general manager. What do you think? It's an interesting question. I mean, I'm not sure there's many people in at least recent Philly sports history that has quite the kind of complex resume that Howie has. I mean, if you're looking at the entire picture of Howie's uh, – you know, resume, if you include, I guess, Howie 1.0 prior to the Chip Kelly thing, I think overall his resume is, is pretty good. Obviously, he won a Super Bowl, which is kind of really, I guess, all that matters. Um, not a ton of playoff success overall, right? I mean, the last two years, I mean, they made it last year and the year before that, they won a game, but they were 5-7, and seven, kind of lucked into it towards the end. But the thing I always think with Howie Roseman is this, and I think it's, a, it's especially true when you talk to people at, at league events and stuff about the Seagulls front office, if Howie gave us all the information he had prior to making a decision, I think most times we would agree with what he did. Now, it doesn't, doesn't mean it always works out, but that's just how it is with being a general manager. I just think when it comes to making informed, smart decisions, Howie Roseman almost always makes them. Yeah, uh, and that's how I feel, too, what he lacks. And certainly, uh, you know, he's not a great personnel person. We know that, but he knows how to get out of those personnel mistakes, I think, faster than a, than a lot of people, so that's why you know we might not like the the ideas that go into it, but everybody's going to miss overall. I I think that's great. People have been asking too, and I, and I'm curious how you feel about this. What is because we obviously view a lot differently on the Hertz thing. What is your mm-hmm. ultimate outcome? Uh, Casey asked it, and what's the lo- the the largest downside of the Hertz thing overall for you? Of the Jalen Hertz pick, yes. Well, nothing I love more than talking about this on a sunny well, day. Probably. I know. That's why that's why it's here. <laughs> so so I would say the best case scenario for Jalen Hurts is he never takes a snap and Carson Wentz is healthy and plays at a high level and you really just never see Jalen Hurts outside of a maybe week seventeen game when the Eagles are already, you know, fourteen and one or whatever, right? Like I, I think that that's the downside to the pick is that he's never gonna you can't have both Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts be successful at the same same time. I'm not a believer in the two-quarterback offense. I don't believe bringing Jalen Hurts onto the field for any significant amount of time with Carson is worth it. If you want to do maybe one snap a game, go for it. I think it's a waste of a snap, frankly. But I I just, again, I know I just said prior that if Howie gave me all the information, I'd probably (laughs) choose those decisions. I would love to know what his information is on this because I just, 
even, you know, I guess it's almost a month later at this point. Maybe it just feels like longer, but uh, I just still can't really see any rationale for it unless they're not confident in Carson's long-term health. But I don't, I would be surprised if the organization is willing to make that type of pick off of that. Uh, and a lot of great stuff uh, from this week. Obviously, some people chiming in. Uh, there's a lot of, a lot of questions about you know the running backs, and we touched on some of that. But more importantly, Jason Kelsey kind of talking this week sounds pretty confident about you know sticking around until the contract's up, and that was good to hear. Overall, what what do you think of Jason Kelsey future? Uh, you know, the, uh, Jason Peters, he obviously keeps lobbying for him. Um, I I don't know what what do you what did you what were your impressions of of Jason's answers when he talked this week? Yeah, he talked about uh, you know obviously he announced he was coming back and he said that really this is only ever a thing because I guess it was two years ago now there was a report that he was considering retiring but it doesn't sound like he's ever actually seriously considered it. I, it sounded to me and I agree with what you said that he's probably going to play more than just beyond this year. Now we'll see what happens physically, right? You know you never know, especially his his age, but he's probably still the best center in the league and he's easily one of the most important players on the team. So as long as Jason is healthy and wants to play, the Eagles are going to be more than happy to keep him around. I, this is not a situation I think like with Jason Peters, where obviously they had drafted his replacement, but they're not even looking for a Jason Kelsey replacement. In my opinion, they are more than happy to keep him on the roster as long as he can. The other interesting thing he said was he kind of talked about, you know, the facts of what's going on with the virtual off season and uh, the potential for training camp or even really the games not to happen or at least not happen on time. And he said he has complete faith in the NFL. He thinks that, you know, when it comes to 90 players being in a locker room, which is what it would be for training camp, yeah. if the NFL says it can happen, then he's going to do it and he's going to trust. Them. So it sounds like he's really putting his trust in the league when it comes to that. Yeah, I think a lot of people are. And that's one of the things that we've now seen, you know, a couple of prominent players, including uh, Bryce Harper with baseball, as they're doing their challenges and anything. Do you think there's going to be any player response to how they view how Major League Baseball is going to do this, not going to do this? Do you think an NFL, you know, backlash is coming at any point with the players? No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't know if every single player on all 32 rosters is going to be happy about it. But at the end of the day, you know, this is their job. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of people have been put in this situation where if, if your job's open to employment, you got to go in. Right. So I think the NFL players will do it. I don't think you'll see a big backlash. And ultimately, I do think, you know, that the NFL will do what's right. I, you know, clearly NFL is a money driven league, probably more so than any of the other four. But I still think when it comes to something like this, you have to trust people are going to make the best decisions when it comes to other, other people's health. And in this case, that would be the players. And I do think they'll, they'll trust that the NFL has made the right decision and go in for you know camp or whatever when, when it's time to do that. Uh, we're talking, of course, to Elliot Shore Parks. He has got, uh, I mean, some of the most handsome takes, honestly, uh, <laughs> of, the, of the beat. And that's just true no matter if you agree with the take or not. And there's one thing that I want to ask you before you leave, but – uh, you mentioned this week that the Eagles need to sign a veteran quarterback, and I thought yeah. the backlash was pretty interesting. Considering, yes, of course they do. Like that's I, I was so torn away or blown away by the response that, that got from Eagles fans saying that they don't need a veteran quarterback. Tell us why you think they obviously need one. I mean, it really comes down to this. Let's say it's Week 16 this year. They're at Dallas. It's the same situation as last season, where the essentially the winner wins the division. Who do you want? starting that game for you. Nate Sudfeld, Jalen Hurts, or Cam Newton. I mean, <laughs> oh, Cam, you threw in Cam Newton. All right, that might yeah, be that I mean, might be why some people got upset, I guess. Well, I mean, Cam Newton's the best available a- player out there right now. I-, I think Joe Flacco would be an upgrade over what they have. Um, obviously, he's dealing with a neck injury right now. 
But, I mean, Cam Newton's the clear best option. And I'd also say Cam Newton's a very similar player to Carson Wentz in, in some ways. He's a better runner. But I think that the offense wouldn't have to change too much with Cam in there as it would with, with Carson. So, but, but that aside, it really just comes down to the fact that Nate Sudfeld and Jalen Hurts have thrown a combined one meaningful pass in the NFL. I mean, <laughs> right. Jalen Hurts, it's a potential that if he doesn't start, I mean, you know, again, hopefully you don't even need a backup quarterback this year. But the last three years you have, and they've always been in big spots. I like Nate Sudfeld. I like Jalen Hurts. I don't like the idea of their first meaningful action being in a huge late-season uh, game with playoff implications. It's just a very tough spot to throw anybody into. It's an unfair spot to throw Jalen Hurts into. So I think that, you know, for as much as Howie has talked about wanting to protect the position, I would like to see them bring in a veteran guy that has experience and we know at least feel better about what he would be in a big spot like that. I don't disagree in terms of just like talent and if that's what you're looking at. I think everybody would want Cam Newton as a backup quarterback. I don't think he wants that. I think it's weird in all three of those guys or have serious injury histories already. At least McCown, you know what you're getting. You know, in that sense, but, yeah, but McCown got hurt. I mean, McCown got hurt when you needed him last year. Well, that's year what hurts is older. for. I look, I, I would, yeah, I, I would rather have McCown go in at right now than Nate Sudfeld in a big spot because again, he's played in the big spots, right? He right. has a playoff experience. Last year would have been a great opportunity to get him those snaps. Now, I know he was in, inactive for that game, but if Sudfeld were to go into that game last year and honestly even played the game that uh, that McCown did, you know, pretty good, not great but you've gotten the experience, then you probably feel a little bit better about him heading into this year. But with, I mean, you think over the last three years, right? The playoff yeah. run in 2017, which was a Super Bowl. The year after that, Nick Foles' first start was at Los Angeles on mm-hmm. the road in a primetime game. And then last year, McCown comes in the playoff game. Those are huge spots. Yeah. It's just, it's not fair to put, to the rest of the team, to put Sudfeld or Hurts in there in that spot. Well, we'll uh, certainly argue more about that on the next podcast because I'm all mm-hmm. aboard the Blake Bortles train as a backup quarterback I, in here. I as would a fit in. Blake Bortles, so. Uh, I, I, I think I like that. But here's the one thing I want to ask you before we leave. Of course, Elliot Shore Parks, 94WIP.com, 94WIP.com slash go birds. Kyle Brandt was on the NFL Network, and I think he was just talking literally to you. Here's his quote, yeah. and I'm just going to give it to you. Carson Wentz is in the top five of QBs. Uh, I'd want this season. Top five QBs I'd want this season. All this other noise, Carson Wentz is a made guy. He's got the contract. I don't think Jalen Hurts is a threat. Let's not forget how good he is, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you were just arguing on the last podcast on how much concerns you had in terms of accuracy and all this other different stuff. What do you make of Kyle Brandt saying, top five QB, give me him this year? I don't think he's a top five QB. <laughs> I mean, look, I think Carson at his best can be it, but – Carson, the last two years, has not been a top-five QB. He's not been even really probably a top-ten QB the last year. That being said, I saw what Kyle Brandt said, and I put together my own list, which I will read to you right now. Okay, of, of, ju- of just yeah. top-fivers? Oh, I can't wait this. Okay, go. These are all the guys I would take ahead of Carson right now. Okay. So not, not taking age or future into consideration. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, yep. Drew Brees, uh-huh. Sean Watson, yep. Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott. Kirk Cousins, you had to, you knew that was co- you son of a gun. You threw him in there just because we were going to talk today, didn't you? Just to, just tell me that, tell me I that, think, and I I'll think let those it go. Last two are debatable, but I mean, <laughs> debatable. Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins went into New Orleans last year and won a playoff. Game. Man, you so, are so yeah. caught up in one in year by year here, man. Like it's well, so ridiculous. The NFL it stands for not for long. It matters what you've done most recently. Carson was amazing in 2017. He has a top quarterback ceiling. But the last two years, he's not been that player. I don't. I don't even think that should be a controversial statement. That he's was Kirk Cousins' first playoff win ever in his career. 
Ever. Yep, it was. One what are we talking about? Not, it's not. Look, like. We'll see, but I just think those guys make legitimate arguments. <laughs> Man, two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four is obviously how you get in. Uh, but Elliot Shore Park's dropping a bomb. I can't believe you have cousins on the list. We are definitely going to argue about this this week. It'll be fun. Uh, go Go Birds podcast ninety four wip dot com slash Go Birds. Elliot Shore Parks. Now I hope you get a haircut. I can't believe you said that. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Talk to you soon. <laughs> Talk to you soon. There he is, Elliot Shore Parks. Uh, uh, as always, going to be very busy next week. You knew he was going to say something like that just to just to piss us off, right? Cousins, really? I, I knew that's there was the be one QB name that didn't make sense. I, even the Drew Brees thing. I'm going. They think Taysom Hill's going to be better than that guy, like in a year. <laughs> yeah, and I'm I like, mean, what and, are we and talking I'll, about? And I'll argue Dak as well, but Kirk Cousins is just as likely to lose you a game as he is to win you a game. Yeah, if and where is Dak on that list, I guess, in terms of he doesn't want to pay whatever the Cowboys are going to pay for for his assets, even though he's had a clean bill of health? And he also said not considering age or future, I guess, past this season, I'll take <laughs> Carson Wentz over a disgruntled Dak Prescott every day. Yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> Man, I I don't know how to how to feel about all that stuff, but that's something that that's what's you know great that Elliot does, and you know he's not wrong in a lot of the stuff he says. We just argue, and this is the whole thing with cousins, man. I can't wait until the bottom falls off of this thing. Like, it, what's more true, the one outlier year, which now doesn't have Stephon Diggs, and you've replaced Justin Jefferson to suddenly become the outside threat you've always needed. You had him, you had him there. Adam Thielen isn't as good as Stephon Diggs. Sorry, like in terms of, you know, overall big-time production, 20-plus yard plays. Uh, uh, like, Stephon Diggs is a, a big reason that Adam Thielen has success, whether you like that or not. And I, I'm not saying that Adam Thielen is suddenly just going to drop off. He'll probably end up seeing more targets out of this thing. That's good, and he's probably going to have way more targets when they realize that Justin Jefferson sucks. So when – yeah, I keep saying it uh, – that, that to me is like – how on earth did you just pay the quarterback and said, actually, he did it when Stephon Diggs had one of his best years ever and those guys were banged up through it, too? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, Stephon Diggs' biggest issue is that when he has <laughs> Didn't soft, get along with him. That well, was it. Besides that, but also when he has soft tissue injuries, those little nagging things, if he's not at 100%, he does not play well. But when he's at 100%, he's arguably top 10 in the league. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's... Um, Man, I, I just cannot understand how we look at Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins and don't go, yes, they can they can win you football games. They could probably even win you a Super Bowl. Uh, and, and every time, they're the exact same person. Like, fourth round, uh, a, a pretty big school that you went to in, in their respective conferences. Michigan State's not a nothing school. It's not exactly like where all the QB talent suddenly falls off a tree and certainly none of the skilled players. Now do I know this? I see it every day and it's boring. It's like watching paint dry most of the time with some of those offenses. But you've got Dak Prescott who played in the SEC, started all those years, has all the background for it, should be where he's, you know, where he came in. No, You shouldn't have been surprised by either one of those guys having the floor that they did. It's just, it's been four years now for Cousins. How many? What are we going into 10? Nine, eight? Where are we? Eight years? 2012, right? That was his I draft mean, class? Yeah, it was, it was the same as uh, as RG3. Yeah, so we're eight years into his career, and we're just now figuring out, oh, you can win one playoff game with him? After getting the most guaranteed money back-to-back? -back like, it's insane to me. Did, what are we talking about? Did the Eagles make the most surprising 
draft pick in terms of quarterback since the Redskins took Kirk Cousins the same draft as RG3? Oh, yeah. Wow. Think of that. <laughs> they took, they took, yeah, they're, they're both still in the league. Uh, RG3 is still in the league. Uh, he's actually he's thriving <laughs> as the backup to Lamar. And, you know, that's the other part of just, like, looking at the NFC East along with all the stuff that we've been talking about today. Sure. Like, they're still – that's why I know Howie's a good general manager. We have not had to worry necessarily about the competition of the Cowboys overall from year to year, like, consistently. Uh, they still kick the crap out of the Eagles every, you know, they've had the upper hand the majority of the time. But in the, in terms of, you know, overall, they're still ahead. They are still ahead even though they're behind. That That's part of this thing. You know, they're behind short term. Dallas looks like it's got everything ready to go in front of them. The Giants have gotten so much leeway for some reason with Dave Gettleman that they should have fired him this year and then they didn't. Uh, Washington now has new coach, new quarterback. All of these teams are kind of behind from this for this exact moment. We don't know what's happening with Dak. There are, uh, you know, just like I said, there's question marks with the other two. Carson Wentz is at least here. There's an interesting prospect that you drafted this year and on and on and on and on. You know, I, that's why I feel confident almost every single offseason that, Yes, are are there going to be short term blow ups here that they're going to screw up? That's been obvious, especially with their drafting. That's been obvious. Been so frustrating that they can't land two corners or two wide receivers. That hasn't changed. And just simply selecting one in the second round and not selecting one in the second round has been pretty much everyone's opinion on this thing. That's it. That's pretty much it. You know. Uh, oh, yeah, at least and, and a couple of people on Twitter at least be objective. How many playoff wins does Wentz have? He's played three playoff series in his career. Yes, there's also a difference in age and career. You know, like there's a we're talking about 2000. We're talking about four extra years here. Sure. Do I think Carson Wentz can get into a playoff game in four years? Yes, of course I do. Of course I do because he got into one last year with nothing. And a stupid concussion kept him out of it. He would have been ready to go in San Francisco if Josh McCown probably doesn't tear his thigh. And then they'd get their ass kicked and we'd still you know, be questioning Carson Wentz into the next year. Sure, I'll be objective. Cousins used to uh, run this team up and down and it doesn't matter if it was Chip Kelly or if it was Doug Peterson. Until they got rid of Cousins, <laughs> and then they moved on from him. And, yes, Cousins has always had the Eagles number. That's just true. It doesn't mean that overall he's a better quarterback than Carson Wentz. That's insane to me. I can't believe L.A. Shore Parks actually had to utter that out of his mouth when this is what we do every single time. We take someone's career that's longer than Carson Wentz's and just go, well, he did it. Yeah, in one year, it took him that long. You should be saying, wow, if it took Kirk Cousins this long to win one playoff game, Maybe I need Carson Wentz and just chill for a second because I know it sucks for him, even though he sat there and did everything he was supposed to do, and just wait. And if you're not and he doesn't get there, that's why Jalen Hurts is here. And Jalen Hurts still has a better potential to be better than Kirk Cousins. That is just true. Uh, you know, that's, that's why I think overall – Howie Roseman sets this team up exactly where it needs to be, even if they fail at doing it. Their process isn't that crazy. 215-592-9494. It is Go Birds Radio. I'm John Barchard. This is Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is Go Birds Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. 
This is what we're talking about. That's right. Here comes the boomer comment of the afternoon. They just don't make them like this anymore. Crank this up, Moshe. Let's do this. Yes. This is my summer right here. Rolling down in you know, obscure towns in Iowa, blasting public enemy. Yes. 215-592-9494 is how you get in. It is Go Birds Radio. I am John Barchick. 215-592-9494. And this is, I, I've mentioned it already during the show. And you can find me on Twitter at John Barchard as well. And there are, uh, Bish is chiming in there. It's a, a second round pick has the potential to be better than a fourth round pick. Really going out on a limb there. Hertz will be lucky to last four years in the NFL when I'm talking about Kirk Cousins. Are we seriously at this point now where we have watched one season of Kirk Cousins and others? I'm including everybody else in this too. And then now declaring either Carson Wentz isn't as good or like Bish thinks here. Ah, uh, Cousins is going to outlast both of them either by, you know, health or talent or whatever. What are we talking about here? What happened? Because I seem to remember that everyone was blown away with Carson Wentz's performance, at least at the tail end of this season. If you really, really paid attention and liked the first half better as football and the second half better as a leader, I think that's fine too to have it as opinion. I don't understand why suddenly everyone is we're having the same discussion this offseason again. Are we seriously worried about Carson Wentz? Are we doing this again? Even after all time and time again that he has answered the bell pretty much at every challenge that we've asked him to do, right? So maybe the stay healthy part isn't, but that's a really hard thing to control. And, but it's still a fair thing to ask of, like, you just want to see him get through one healthy, complete season, including the playoffs. I understand where everybody's coming from that. It's frustrating. I'm frustrated by it. But who are you really blaming in that sense, you know? And that's why, more or less, like, I feel pretty good about where Roseman has set this team up, not just from, you know, they're saying they're not doing enough to help out Carson Wentz. It's been one of the biggest Biggest, biggest complaints about this offseason in particular. But he has finally at this point at least gotten guys and drafted guys that don't have injury history. You know, like Jalen Rager has zero major injury history coming out of college. That's a good thing. He took for as as we are seeing, like two medical programs that were not that were great. And I, I apologize for I forget where they got them from, but some of the some of the new top doctors in the NFL. You're trying to poach to bring a, bring them in here, into Novacare. You're trying different things from what you just did the last two years to be an epic failure. Wentz is in the same boat, the exact same boat. And I don't remember ever us having a discussion where, oh, Jalen Hurts is here. That means a lot for Carson Wentz's future, and I don't know if he's good enough anymore. And all this stuff just kind of came up. Now, that's the Eagles' fault, too. I mean, they knew that part of it was coming, but... I'm very concerned, not concerned, I'm baffled. I am absolutely baffled that we are sitting here in another offseason again, wondering what we're about to expect with Carson Wentz, when we should be ex- as excited as hell here. Shouldn't we, Moshe? I mean, this is, maybe I'm missing something. And maybe this is why people think it's just fan goggles all of the time on this side of the, the room here. But, like, 
we all agreed on something, and we all agreed that the running game, the tight ends were the still the strength of this team, including Carson Wentz. We still don't know if any of these wide receivers are going to work out, but there was a guy who literally did that without it last year, and if one of these things work out, that's infinitely better than what it was last year. And we don't think Carson and Doug can figure it out between this. Like it's The offseason's done, basically. There's still moves to be made, but I think they helped out Carson way more than we give credit for. People talk about Carson last season as if he had a bad season, both in terms of the the tape, watching him in the game, and the statistics. He had a good season. He had some games where he struggled. He he was up and down in the middle there, but down the stretch, as you said, he carried the team. He he was the first person to ever throw for what was it over four thousand yards without yeah. a receiver over five hundred? Yeah, something crazy like and that. And That makes like, it sound like he doesn't have any weapons and all this other different stuff too. But which in general, he did, like, but it, he but did. You had no deep threats. Very well last season. Right. Was he as good as twenty seventeen? No, he wasn't. The, but also the concussion wasn't his fault. It was Jadavion Clowney's fault. Right. It's not like he had something that is going to be a recurring injury, hopefully. But he had a very good year last year. He wasn't top three or top five or something, but we can't fault him that just right. because he got a concussion because of a dirty hit. And I can't believe that's what I mean. Like when Elliot just says that, I know he's just getting it to get my goat, but there's others that think that way. When when people do something in front of your eyes, like Kirk Cousins, and finally show you, I've, I've hit this thing, uh, and there is no way in our minds that we think that guy is a better quarterback. There's no way. It's it's impossible to me to even kind of fathom that, but maybe there are some people that do believe that. And he has been set up perfectly, like to a T. He can't do this exact thing. He can't do this exact thing. What can he do? All right, he throws an accurate ball intermediately, and if we get him, uh, you know, enough in the scheme, we can find a way for Thielen and Diggs to be open. Right, that's basically what happened with Carson Wentz in 2017, and that's why we don't understand it because Doug was smarter than everybody else at the time, and the offense worked on top of having a weak schedule to go with it. And then we look at that performance and go, "Why can't you replicate this again in year three with injuries, with all this other different stuff, and a crappy roster?" Of course, it's not going to look the same. Like, why? Why do we keep holding it to a standard which we all agree that was Howie Roseman's best year? The picks, uh, the uh, free agency, the picks didn't work out, but the free agency stuff. I mean, that all hit that year. That's why it was set up perfectly. So when you see the struggles of back and forth of trying to get back to that, and then know that all of the guys that helped you out during that year are either worse, injured. Not as good, you know, like all of these things are changing. They're in the middle of helping out. And by the way, I mean, it sounds like Miles Sanders is going to be in in full use here. Uh, And I think, oddly enough, that if you're worried about the injury thing with with Carson, it's not really going to go away. But Moshe, I don't know if you saw this. There is tons of people in the fantasy community, and I know that doesn't really mean much when it comes to football, but I mean, if they think Miles Sanders is going to score you a lot of points, Still means good things for real football too, and I've seen that been going around a lot. And you start hearing all the all the different you know transitions, the two new tackles that they drafted, uh, Brandon Brooks, Lane Johnson. All that seems pretty healthy. There's a big question mark with Andre Dillard and all that, but it's still what they did best against Green Bay last year, what they did best against the Buffalo Bills last year. 
Carson almost demands at some point when you hear him on mic'd up, God, we got to get the ball running. Let's run the ball here. You bring in San Francisco guys. You bring in 49ers guys. I know everybody's trying to poo-poo it off to the side here, but there's going to be chances where you might see a run game try and get seven, eight yards at a time. Not like this traditional West Coast crap that they've been running for a long time. I'm a little excited by that. I'm honestly stunned to hear you praising the run game as much as you are. It's just true, though. It's just true. I I know, but it's not how you win football games, but it's just true. Like, their best assets were running the football last season. I know, but you didn't admit that much of last season. No, I said it's not sustainable for a Uh, long-term thing. Like, you need Carson throwing the football, but they don't. It's the difference between knowing what they have and don't have. They had Jordan Howard, they had Miles Sanders right at that peak, and then Jordan Howard gets hurt, and you're going like, well, dang it! You know, like, it's, it's a big part of that. I'm only against it because four or five yards at a time are all happy and great, but the pass is still more effective. If you can almost guarantee me closer to six or seven yards of a clip from Miles Sanders, I don't care what you do. You know, we already know he's got the hands. If you get the feet running, that's a... Uh, now we're talking about Brian Westbrook plus-plus, maybe. You know, it, it almost sounds like you're on board with establishing the run, John. Not on board with this. Esta- <laughs> I'm I'm a, I'm on board with anything if it gets you seven eight yards at a time. No, I, I get. No, I absolutely <laughs> understand. And I mean, with the offensive line and the athleticism of that offensive line, with Dallas Goddard is who's a who's a very good blocker at tight end. Maybe Zach Ertz can throw in some blocking as well. Yeah. Like. There's so much stuff that you can do with Miles Sanders and as as well as Boston Scott and and others that yeah there's a decent chance that this is the focal point of the offense yeah uh, and early I think it almost has to be that's the that's the thing we keep trying to solve you know and I almost felt that way like this was coming because one Carson's requested it two you would think that kind of keeps him more healthier right if if we're putting all these things together. And again, these are all other people's words, not mine. Taysom Hill on steroids. Whether we like it or not, Jalen Hurts is going to be on the field. Okay? And that's another way to preserve Carson. Even if there's no no outcome on the play, he doesn't get hit. You have a running game that has seven to eight yards at a clip, and they're probably getting jealous of, like, how the hell does Matt Breida just bust one for 80 yards? Because we know it's not him, and then they ditched him when they were done with him. You know, it's... It's that system. It doesn't matter who it is. So if you're putting Miles Sanders into that type of system instead of a Brita who's already athletic and fast and it's been proven, what is that going to look like? Like, are you? does that mean 10 yards a clip instead of seven? You know, like there's exciting potential at least to be there. And then the passing game just opens up by itself, you know. And then you have everybody questioning left and right, if you can hit Carson or not. That's what I think the offense they're trying to build. They can say whatever they want. Uh, Jason Kelsey came out. We're not going to do much. You know, I think the quote was, and Elliot had mentioned on the podcast, something along the lines of, we're not going to do much different, or we've, oh, we've, we know what we're doing here in terms of the run game. These concepts are what we've run. That doesn't mean that it's not going to change. What players are telling you when they say those things is we know there's only so many things I have to cover during a running play. So it's not like there's going to be this dramatic change and where's my assignment? Where's this? You can easily do that in a normal offseason, at least I think. But uh, Doug has mentioned that they're going to change it up a little bit. I don't know if it's going to be as dramatic as maybe I've been theorizing here, uh, Moshe, but I, I do believe that they are going to change Something about this, and Sanders makes the most sense to me. 
you know, in terms of, of running and passing, getting all those guys behind them going, Boston Scott, as you just mentioned, could be pretty exciting, more or less like the speed is going to be there to make sure running backs and tight ends are available at all times. I think that is, I mean, if you don't buy into the into all the other crazy stuff, that's, I think, at least palatable, you know, with I, all that. I absolutely agree. And I'd, even with the great success that Boston Scott and Miles Sanders as a duo had late in the season last year, do you think, given what we know of Doug Peterson's history, that we'll see the Eagles bring in some veteran running back, be it Carlos Hyde, be it Devonta yeah. Freeman, whatever, and while Miles Sanders gets the bulk of the work, we still see that rotation? I, I, yeah, and that's where you know that they're – because you if you're going to run this, San Francisco I think does it with five running backs all active. I, I might be wrong on that, but I know at least four. Four are active on game day without a doubt because – they're playing the percentages too. When when you look at John Lynch and go football guy, that's what he knows. Football guy, that's what he knows. What's going on? Kyle Shanahan, football guy. It's not like that. That's just an analytical approach. The Ravens figured that out too. Uh, I think the Saints have figured that out. Like this is what you. This is the new game until it changes. You know, and we say that we've always tried to predict the the power running game coming back or this or that. No, coaches right now are trying to make the run just as or close to effective as the pass because we know it's never going to get there. In terms of chunks and yardage, it's never going to get there unless you're really special at it, right? And and you can just bust one open at any given time. You can hit home runs. That's worth doing. And, you you know, there's this lost art between where we value running backs, how important are they, and we've had those discussions. As Moshe was even just saying, like, I, I've gone back and forth with it. The more information that keeps coming, you know that it's really just ridiculous at this point to invest in running backs high or pay them. I'm honestly terrified of Christian McCaffrey. Terrified. You know, I, I don't know what's going to happen with him as a top eight pick that they just paid. And I'm sure that Matt Rule's all good and gravy. It's not really his side of the ball. Joe Brady's not dumb, so I'm sure it'll work out in the end. But I'm not sure there's ever a time which you need to invest that amount of money into a running back ever again. And I think that Miles Sanders' shelf life is a lot shorter than we give credit for unless he's an ultimate weapon, and that only makes sense to me. So if you're getting excited about Miles Sanders, you should be. You absolutely should be. He, out of anybody, I think benefits the most. And second most is Carson Wentz because he's not going to get hurt, and we don't know where this new elite face level that Josh McCown keeps pumping out, that he keeps pumping out. And that's why you just look at this thing as a whole. I think they have set up Carson pretty well. There are obvious things that they're going to miss here. They could miss on every single wide receiver. We haven't gotten to that point yet. I can't sit here and bang my chest and say they did it right because uh, there's no evidence that they have been able to do so. We don't know anything about Eric Moorhead either. So... You know, all of those things kind of really branch out into hopefully a not a power running game, but a speed lethal something like the 49ers combined with what the Eagles do really well already. I mean, they do run the football, and the reason well, and they, the reason why they do is because they have one of the best offensive lines in the league. So I don't know. I, I, I am baffled by Carson Wentz not being able to handle this now. After an offseason of getting hurt by him, it's not his fault to begin with. Uh, and I know it's frustrating for us to constantly like have this debate all over and over and over again about who Carson Wentz is and what he is, but nothing changed about him other than one hit to the head. That's it. That is it. 
And I think the team has gotten better around him, and that's why ultimately if they don't hit their mark and they miss the playoffs and everything's a disaster, they're still set up really well for the future uh, and the optionality over the next couple of years. 215-592-9494. It is Go Birds Radio. I'm John Barchard. We'll get back. We'll close things up. We'll say hi to Rob Ellis, and uh, we'll do it all right here. Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is Go Birds Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. It is Go Birds Radio. All I have it right here, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Are jet skis allowed on the school? No? Okay. All right. I'm not saying I saw him. I'm not saying I didn't see him. I'm just saying uh, I had a question about it. Not because of any indication. 215-592-9494. Everyone is enjoying uh, this wonderful day. I hope you are too. Although we did uh, earlier discover that if there happened to have been a jet ski on the water, you, yeah. John Barchard, can, cannot I cannot outrun one. A yeah. jet ski. I, I wanted to see... <laughs> Possibly, if if you know, it just we we did a little math today, and what we we tried to calculate how fast you know a jet ski would go, and see if I could catch up to the hallway. I'd like we are parallel with the school, so I mean this is grand opportunity. And James Elliott, listen, I know it's been a long off season. I'm down twenty nine pounds as of today. I'm ready to rock and roll, man. Anytime you want to run, Moshe. Anytime I, you want to run, I, I, you can lose a all the sunny. weight you want. I will still beat you. <laughs> Uh, well, you know we're uh, we're going to wrap some uh, some things up here, but uh, more importantly, this I, I the other thing I, I slightly disagree with Elliot about is, um, and Moshe and I were talking about this before we came on. I, I still think there's a huge NFL backlash waiting for if if baseball in a, in a non capped you know well I, I guess that's kind of the advantage for the NBA and the NFL. I mean, what other money could you really be talking about? They already signed a new CBA. Um, but I, there's still going to be public backlash or a, a player backlash, I believe, still coming as this thing gets closer and closer to the season because uh, I thought what the NFL has done and handled their messaging has been pretty brilliant. They haven't changed the thing. They haven't changed one thing to make sure that they stay at least somewhat normal. And I remember criticizing at the time, but it's it's actually pretty brilliant. You know, to to at least give us hope, like things are, you know, things might be crazy, but we're going to stay the same. I, I I understand all that now, but I don't think everybody is going to think like Jason Kelsey, and only because it might just be the difference, like I said, between baseball players and football players. Because, but but it's surprising to me that they we haven't heard a lot about that because it is you know ninety some odd guys hanging out in the summertime down to. 65, 75, I can't remember the exact total once once the season's practice squad guys and active guys that you have to keep on there. But uh, I, want you to, I want you to hear this because who is the other guy that uh, made everybody flip out uh, this week? Uh, and this is how you know casual of a baseball fan that I end up being a lot of the time. Uh, but who was the guy that started basically this? Blake Snell. Yeah, who sounded like an idiot. Like, come on, man. Blake Snell started all this thing with, I'm risking my life, bro. And I heard the Marks and Reese uh, on Friday, playing that as a drop, and it's hilarious. Like, I couldn't get enough of it because it does sound ridiculous comparatively to all the frontline workers, grocery store workers, people that are constantly still putting themselves in danger, and you're in a controlled environment with better medical care than anybody. Like, it's it's bad messaging overall. 
even though I'm still on mostly on the player side on this yeah, thing. Him saying that he's risking his life yeah. is, yes, true. But it is true. But to squabble over half a million dollars or a million dollars <laughs> like, over it come on, is man. what's ridiculous. Right. Uh, when everybody's fi- fighting for 10 to 15 hour jo- a dollar an hour jobs and stuff like that. Uh, but then it gets a little more interesting because Bryce fired back, Bryce Harper, and I'm sure you've heard this, but for those that haven't, this was kind of his response to going and playing in this new MLB here. What did Snell say on his stream earlier, do you know? Uh, that he said it's not worth it to play with pay cuts and they're, you guys are risking your lives getting, like, obviously getting COVID. Yeah, I love and Snell. That's my guy, bro. If you, I love he Snell. Said if, he said if someone gets it, they got to live with that for the rest of their lives. He ain't lying. He's right. He's like, I need my... It's like, give me my money or I'm not saying. <laughs> hey, bro, he's speaking the truth, bro. I ain't mad at him. Somebody's got to say it. At least he manned up and said it. Good for him. Wow. You know, like, Bryce Harper backing that. Meanwhile, well, what is in the background? Devil May Cry? Like, there's so many... <laughs> <laughs> so many short sword slashes are going I'm on. I'm looking up to confirm this, but I'm pretty sure it was him and Bryson Stott, oh, the Eagles, okay. uh, one of the Eagles' top minor yes. leaguers that they just drafted, uh, on I believe a Twitch stream, which I guess is one of those things that people. Man, like, you don't know anything about gaming, huh? No, I don't. <laughs> I think it's it's one of Twitch the, is one of the most popular streaming. Yeah, it's streaming size stream to, video games, and I know it's stuff. weird. They call it shoutcasting, which is an, just another dumb thing that we're throwing on there. It's just people playing video games. So you get a chance to watch them. Sometimes famous people are on there, and it's kind of cool. There's a bunch of uh, you know everyone that's. 13 to 25 has Twitch, and and it was that just well, so. I, I'm 26, so that's why I don't have Twitch. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> but, I mean, that's just a casual, ca- uh, casual conversations, you know, between buddies there. I was shocked to hear Bryce Harper say that that's my guy, Snell, because I just got through criticism seeing what a dumbass he sounded like. And I... I, like, there's no way that there's there there's not going to be NFL players, right, doing the same thing. Maybe not publicly, but this was on a, a video game stream where you had you know people checking in from public all the time. I am sure someone is going to say something at some point, you know, because it's not that that's all true. I, as much as I disagree with that, you hear guys like Von Miller from this past couple of weeks. I read an article. I think it was in the Athletic that it was basically going over him getting, you know, COVID and dealing that with asthma and telling all of his teammates, like, hey, guys, this is really serious here. Um, You know, I want football to start on time, and that's what, for some reason, you know, we we all buy into that simply because the NFL messaging has been great with it. We're not going anywhere. Uh, But, Moshe, if you end a bet right now, if we start hearing – a louder, louder, louder opposing view of starting the NFL season soon. Don't don't you think you'd place your bet on yes at this point? It's it's impossible for someone not to speak up. There's too many players. Yeah, no, I I'd be I'd be stunned if we start the NFL season on time for one. Yeah, and I would also be I'd be stunned if, especially I think. Like with the states reopening and stuff, and some places still trying to figure it out. Yeah, exactly. It's it's so confusing what's going on exactly. I'd be stunned if all the players were like, "Oh yeah, sure, we'll be back." Yeah, and and just no way that's happening. There's going to be conflict. Yeah, Uh, like we already know that there's OTA is going to be missed, and even somebody like Sean Payton doesn't want you to show up for them, even if they were available, because he went through this. It feels like 
and this is true with everybody, anybody that's impacted by this thing completely changes their mind on how to go about doing these things. So we're all sitting here going, yay, football. But I mean, at the end of the day, that still exists. And I, I'm with you. I don't think players at this point should be messaging and going, "You were, we're, we're risking our lives and stuff here, which is so disingenuous, even though factually it probably is true, like Moshe said. And if you're telling me that there's, uh, you know, 106 guys that are going to meet up and don't know where 53 of them have been and have to trust other people's doctors and all this other different stuff, when football players out of anybody in a week is so used to the routine of this is Monday, this is Tuesday, uh, we're off on you know whatever day it is, we do walkthroughs. We, I, I, I think people are going to speak up, but I don't know about you, Rob Ellis, who joins us now. Welcome on Johnny. in. I am waiting for the NFL backlash as we are getting closer to baseball season. I would assume that you're going to finally have NFL players crack on this thing too. I don't think they're all on board with this thing. Yeah, I, I I don't think it will happen until we get to July because pressure bursts pipes when we get closer to it. I, I think right now it's just sort of they realize they're not going to have to deal with OTAs. Yes, so they're not going to complain about that part of it. Uh, I think once we get closer, then it then it gets real. And what the NFL hopes, and this is a hail mary, is there's some kind of you know the, the testing is improved or right. there's a vaccine. There's great news in a couple of months. Yeah, they're they're hoping for a miracle. But in the meantime. what's what's smart by them is let's not even let's address it when it's there because there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah, what's I mean, the point? They've yeah. actually played this thing. I think you couldn't play it better than yeah. the NFL's play, and, and and they've had the luxury of not having to make really hard decisions. And I, I take that back. Hard decision is probably wrong, but it's one thing to hold a draft virtually. It's one Certainly. thing to have free agency virtually. You don't have to make a call. They haven't had to make a call, but I think they did the right thing from a public-wise and a sporting public-wise to at least provide some kind of uh, content. Yes, and oh, for sure. Yeah. They got that from the jump. I thought they, I'll tell you, it's, and props to the networks, the draft went off virtually without, without a, a hitch. hitch. Yeah. It could have been better. Goodell looked almost human. I, I mean, so. A <laughs> little it, sweaty at the end, yeah, but almost that's human. All right. I mean, yeah. you get kind of weird with the sweater. Yeah, sure. like, you know, whatever. But, I mean, other than that, they've pretty much hit every right note. And I'm pretty sure you and I were in the same boat when it came to the criticism of leading up to that point and doing all that. I was just yeah. like, yeah, this is ridiculous. Why? What are you doing? What are you doing? Just there, stop. There's no danger. <laughs> Like, if there isn't a health right, issue, right. why do you have a beef with it? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I don't get that. Like, we're all we do is clamor for sports. If you can, if they can give us something, yeah, it's go crazy. For it. Like, next week will be a month since that draft. Yeah. I mean, it's, and I, I was still, it doesn't, it seems like it has been forever. Yeah. Because when it, uh, I was on the other night, you know, with Rudy Gobert and all that stuff, and that seems like years yeah, me ago. Me too. Yeah, me too. It's crazy. It man. was, uh, it does. It, that literally feels like way more than two months yeah way more than two months uh more importantly as we're yes. inching closer to monday here yes. and we've got the for all or nothing's for, coming yes and uh oh god i can't wait to put mcnab to rest for like five minutes and then bring him <laughs> back up when he's in the news again but yeah um i mine is this and it's probably not a once and for all is howie roseman great or not um to be determined uh i'm not ready do you to go think he's yet. been great since 2013 that's um, basically what i've been asking Boy, that's a good question. I don't think he's been, oh, man. I don't think he's been great. I think he's been very good. I think there is a difference. There is a distinction there. Second tier then in the NFL, you would believe? Had he, yeah. I mean, had he, you know what's weird, though? Like, how many great GMs can you name off the top of your head? 
four, maybe in the in the NFL. Yeah, four, maybe. Right, Bel- I mean, one yeah. of them is Belichick, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, and and every guy that's been rolled through there. But who are the others? Like we're we look at all GMs in a very critical light, especially in the NFL, because we know the draft a little bit better. Even right. even with basketball, there's a lot of Europeans. You, you know, the kids played in high school or in college for five minutes. Yeah. We, you don't know them as well, therefore you can't get on them with the draft as much. With the NFL, you've seen these guys a lot more. So we're already, people are angry about the Eagles draft. Or yes. angry. Yeah. So you, you look at it through a much more critical eye. So I would say really good. His drafts hold him back a little bit. Oh, for sure. There's no yeah. denying, maybe the greatest run a GM ever had was the free agency and trades leading into the 17th season. If you, if you earmark every one of those, they have a direct, direct fingerprints all over winning that Super Bowl yeah oh for sure Foles, yes Chris Long making the play in the Minnesota game which means Patrick Robinson picks it off Patrick Robinson was another move they made mm-hmm. that offseason Jay Ajayi has a big Super Bowl uh Corey Clement was an unrestricted or undrafted free agent that they signed really, that really contributed Alshon in the biggest has moments. the yep. first touchdown right right they draft Derek Barnett who who makes the you know the the couple of the recovery. biggest plays yeah I mean you could like it's it's unbelievable what he did draft aside that seventeen off season it's it's maybe the greatest off season oh, as far as acquisition that he's done yeah that a GM's ever had in the NFL oh I, I would that go level. that far I wow. would go that far I thought about it that big yeah. it's remarkable how good that was but there have been there have been some questions about the draft so I that's where I would go very good not great but he has the opportunity to be great I mean I, I heard Glenn and Ray had Big Daddy on today and he, he his list was the greatest owners in Philadelphia history yeah and he had Jeffrey Lurie I believe is number one I was kind of getting out of the car or whatever but I heard Ray sort of stating the case for him I think Lurie's the greatest owner that's ever in the history of oh, Philadelphia it, I, I I couldn't agree more won a Super yeah. Bowl Right, first time teams won a Super Bowl. First time they won a championship since '60. Had the Novacare complex built. Yep, which is, was no small feat. Had a stadium built when it looked like it was going to be impossible to get mm-hmm. a stadium built. I mean, there are so many things that he's done, and they're consistent. It's very rare the Eagles go in the tank. We can be frustrated about the last couple of years for yes. sure, but that they didn't win a Super Bowl and, and all that. But they're in the playoffs. They're usually in the fight or in the mix every single year. Yeah, with, with Jeffrey Lurie as the owner. And I guess that's my point on why I think he's overall great mm-hmm. is because he's no. He knows he's going to screw it up, you know. And most most good GMs know that they're going to screw it up along the way, and that's the part of it that I like is they know how to get out of it quickly. Yeah, one that, way or the other. That's yeah. where I'll give the owner and the GM a lot of credit. They rarely compound mistakes. Like Jeffrey Lurie knew immediately, I screwed up with Chip Kelly. Yep, this has got to go. This is going to be bad, and I got to get Howie back right. in here. And Howie's done a pretty good job, I think, cutting losses with free agent like we all know he would like to be able to get rid of Alshon Jeffrey it's just not a reality yes but I I think for the most part they're both willing to admit yeah I screwed that up boom let's move on and that is a big time trait how many times do you see this I remember David Bell being like shoved down our throat (laughs) when it was clear he needed to to go right and those two things happen far too often in sports and the Eagles are pretty good at not doing that that is uh Rob Ellis he's uh got you for uh, we're doing three power hours of power three hours of power three here. hours of power baby. uh quick tease on what's coming up here yeah we got a couple things one um I, I am we're gonna do the blame game in Major League Baseball Ooh, I love this there's a lot to go around yeah. um I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what I like and what I don't like about Harper's plan I think there's a lot to like but there's some things I don't like about Harper's plan which I thought was pretty interesting yes um you know, the other thing that we're going to do is if you can make one rule change in each sport, what would it be? 
Ooh. And I got a, I got one for each. One is sort of a it's kind of a rule. It's kind of not, which I'll I'll you know I'll tell you in a minute. Oh, good. Here's here's my number one rule yes, change for the yours. NFL. Give me, me Barchards. Uh, review everything. Two challenges. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's all you get. Yep. <laughs> and then, I like it. Or three, whatever you wanted. Two or three. Yeah. That's it. No, no booth review. No anything. That's part. I like the human screw ups. I do too. Just like we're talking about with mistakes and all that. Yep. Have it at you know the coach's decision. It makes it more of like, what are they going to do here? I, I like that. I love the human element. In That's it, really even good. when it's against you. And I'm going to tie that one that okay. you just had into the NBA. Oh, beautiful. So we'll do that. And last one, I'm out the door. Okay. Favorite beautiful day activity for John Barcher? Oh, man. You got a day like this, which is perfection. Very simple. You're, Very you're, simple. All right, you got an off day. We're, what are you doing? We're taking, the, we're taking the lounge chair in back, the whatever, the beach chair. Just just keep the Bruce coming. That's it. And let the, let's enjoy the sun. I like it, man. <laughs> I like it. Enjoy, dude. Uh, that is Rob Ellis. Uh, got you till six. Moshe Kravitz sticking around as well. But I will see you uh, Wednesday night right here, 10 to 2, uh, on Sports Radio 94 WIP. We'll see you guys. Go, Birds!